Hello and welcome to Causing a Storm, the podcast where we give you a sneak peek under the hood of the fastest growing recruitment business in the world right now. My name is Chelsea and I'm the Global Marketing Director at Levin and each episode I'll be sitting down with one of our incredible team here to talk about their journeys, their learnings and their advice on what it takes to be successful in a business like ours. Today, I'm talking to Claire Cooper, our CEO and founder of Storm3. Claire joined in February 2021 after a coffee chat with JB led to a full business plan for expanding our recruitment services into the exciting world of health tech. Claire's passion for people is infectious, from her lifelong relationships with candidates and clients to her incredible leadership skills. She's taken Storm3 from startup to booming global business in just two years. Today, we talk about her journey to now, the importance of female leadership in building diverse teams, and what's next for Storm 3. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Claire. I'm so happy to have you on board on and having this conversation because it's such a special one to talk to people who have been in the business and on their journey from launches, really. So mm-hmm. to kick thing to kick things off, I would love to ask you what is it? What was it about Levin and specifically the opportunity that you were asked to launch? I guess because yes. I don't even want to say Storm Three at that point because you knew it was Storm Three, but the the business itself was up to you really. What was it about yeah. that is so appealing? It's crazy because it feels like forever ago, and it it feels like so far in the past, but it it was just over two years ago right so I guess to set set the scene it was I think it was of the October of 2020 and it was still very much the middle of the pandemic I had left my previous company in the June so I'd been there for 11 12 years Mm. and genuinely I know some people don't believe me genuinely left there with no idea what I wanted to do and I I, storm two which it was at the time wasn't really on on the radar it I I didn't know what I wanted to do I knew that I wanted to just take a bunch of time out travel or the travel laws do you remember that the red the (laughs) system it just lifted so I was you know I went away turned off my turned off my phone and yeah it all kind of came about in that October where I met with JB and at the time Adam, Adam Bark that some people might know. And we just got talking and what attracted me to it, I think it was just an opportunity that I couldn't miss out on. Mm. I've known JB for a very long time. He was my first manager back when I was 20, 21. And I just knew that it was something special. It's such a cliche um, I think it's that Sheryl Sandberg quote, isn't it, about the rocket mm. ship? But that was yeah. literally what it was. I think it after speaking to him and I came into the office and, you know, there was all those screens up and it was, remember that tiny little office yeah. before we knocked yeah, all the yeah. walls down? And, yeah, I went into his office. We had a whiteboard. It was empty. And by the time I left, we had Storm 3, the word health tech, and then that was it. But it was just, I just knew that what they were building was special. The people that were involved you know, many of whom I've worked with before, like George was involved, J-Rob, James Brown, Horner had just joined, I think a few weeks before. And I was just like, I just need to work with these people. And I knew that, I knew that what we were building was special. So it was just a no brainer at that point. And I think it took about, it started in the February, right? And I think it was yeah, good three, three, four months of lots of planning and lots of reading, lots of 
crazy ideas um <laughs> which we're which laughing happen. about that because i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> in those conversations that we had in those three I months my logo ideas <laughs> they were good ideas claire they just weren't, <laughs> weren't what i love this point of view <laughs> i loved as well that you didn't know me that well back then you, rather than telling me like claire like you can't just have this like you can't just reinvent. You can't just invent your own logo and come up with all these crazy. You you were just really nice about it. You're like, well, let's try this and let's try that. And rather than be like, no, it <laughs> looks ridiculous. Stakeholder manager. <laughs> I know, but yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. So that's kind of how it how it all came about. And do not regret the decision to to join one bit. It's been such an amazing journey so far and we, we've literally just begun there's so it much it really does feel like that doesn't it I think so much more really, you really touched on there is the fact that it really hasn't been that much time at all no um this is you know we're now in the beginning of the year so it will be two years uh-huh. officially that you were on the books <laughs> mm. um, in a couple of weeks time which is incredible to think of mm. how much the business your business has grown mm. storm three in particular and the people that we've brought in and where they are at with their careers i think this is something that is uh so special to i know to you and how much that means to you before i get onto that bit what was it let's just talk a little bit about health tech so storm mm. three is our health tech recruitment brand yes um connecting incredible engineering technological but also specialist and uh talent with those health tech businesses globally mm-hmm. now and globally is is the really true word of it yeah um what was it about health tech we just launched fintech only a year mm-hmm. before you you kind of uh, decided on the market what was it about health tech you know, mid post pandemic as well. Yeah. As you say. Uh, what was so exciting about that market? Well, I guess I've I've recruited in lots of different markets before, and I've managed teams in in lots of lots of different markets. I started my career in financial services, and I think, and and I ran for 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 a while our um, life sciences division in my previous company. Mm. And I think what I did know stepping back into recruitment is I did want to. I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to build something that, yes, you know, we are, you know, changing lives of candidates in terms of placing them into their dream roles and helping clients grow and, and obviously, you know, building an amazing team internally. But I, I just knew that I wanted, I wanted there to be some kind of legacy with all of this. Cause I, I knew when I was signing up, I was like, here we go again. This is, this is the next 10 years of, of craziness. So I just knew that at, at the end of it, I want to be able to look back when I'm much older and feel like I've made a difference to, mm. to the world. I know that sounds incredibly cheesy. I and, don't think but, it does though. Yeah. I think even more so in this current climate, what yeah. we are really good at, and I know that this is top down, yourself, mm. you know, JB included in terms of the impact that the markets that we are working in mm. have on the world. And mm. it's it seems to be a theme that sometimes we kind of shy away from and then we come back to again at some sort mm. of bigger town hall type meetings. Mm. But the markets that we operate in are changing the world. So they yes, yeah. as an individual, you might not be solving, you know, the problems with cancer and, and all these different things but mm. the businesses that we're working with and the people that you're finding to place yes. in these businesses especially at the seniority that we recruit at yeah 
are doing that. So in a whatever kind of way, whether it's a small way or in a big way, we are changing yeah. the world <laughs> without that person having found that job and without us having sort of uh, arranged that that yeah. placement and yeah. you know made that connection it might not have happened so I know I this is a really this is a really interesting one and something that I know from my marketing head I'm so fascinated with how we can kind of tap into those stories a bit more in terms of looking at some of those people that mm. placed, you know some of your first few placements that you made and the impact that they've had on those businesses now it's a bit more tricky I guess just because it's uh you know the yeah. relationships that we have quite often in recruitment is quite more sh- like a little bit mm. more short term but but they um, don't have to be they, they don't, don't have, have to be, to be. if I remember I some of my so I was gonna say if I remember some of my first placements yeah back in when I was really young I'm still in touch with these people now yeah. they're friends and you know they're working in hedge funds and trading firms and banks and to to see what they've achieved in their career and it's so rewarding as a recruiter like 100%. it's so rewarding when I catch up with these people and I genuinely think in, in 10 years time we'll be catching up with some of the candidates that we've placed and yeah not only is it going to be really satisfying seeing what they've achieved in their career, but the, what they've worked on in terms of whether it's mental health tech, oncology, addiction tech, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be like, yeah. wow. Like, so yeah. played a part in that. 100%. 100%. I think it's so it's so fascinating, but so exciting mm. as well. And to know that, um, you know, the teams that you've got in place have had that impact as well individually. Yeah. And they're going to have those relationships going forwards and things like that. Mm. It's just... It's just awesome, really. Um, I think what's so what's so cool as well, you know, you mm. spoke about this the other day, is I think it's so easy to forget, now that the world's back to normal, is that Storm 3 launched in literally the middle mm. of the pandemic. It's so true. Which, again, was, as much as, like, the mission, of course, was, was why I wanted to do health tech, like, it was an absolute no-brainer at the time. Yeah. It was, every everything had gone online. Like, telehealth was huge. Everyone was using all these fitness apps at home yeah. because they're going to go to the gym like I think it's easy to forget that that the context of when we launched it it was just exploding 100%. this health tech world and we we got in there at the I feel it feels awful when I say this because I feel like I'm we're capitalizing off of of of, of a health crisis but we we got in there at Okay, it we couldn't first have timed mover, it. Right? It was the first mover. Absolutely, kind of, uh, first mover. Process there. And I think yeah. this is what is so interesting. And I think I asked you this the other day in terms of, I still don't see a lot of specialist health tech recruiters no. out there. You no. still see, and this is the whole point of where Storm 2 was born from as well. Mm. You still see a lot of the general, you know, traditional mm. finance recruitment firms mm-hmm. that have the, the, the fintech desk. The same with mm-hmm. health tech. You have a lot of the life sciences and things like mm-hmm. that. And then they might have a health tech desk rather than mm-hmm. just focused on that technology forward yes. uh, business, which is, mm. is just, it's very cool to be one of the first really across all of our brands. But um, sure. yeah, and to see how this is going to change over the next few years as well as governments and, and sort of like the top level start really investing in these, not just the businesses being the first uh, sort of innovators here. Um, as the public start uh, investing into it as well. So Super exciting things to come, I know. 
Um, so I just want to go back all the way to that February, between February and April, really, of 2020, when you had, uh, just before your team joined. Yeah. Um, and you were interviewing for your first academy, your founding team. What were the, what were you looking for in those people? What was the real sell to them from your point of view? Come and join a business that doesn't quite exist yet. <laughs> But also in them, what were the kind of characteristics that you look for yeah. in a startup recruitment, you know, cohort? I will be completely honest. I think that first cohort, it was anyone who believed yeah. my crazy, my, my, like my crazy <laughs> idea. Anyone and could have, yeah. <laughs> any, anyone that was desperate enough to be like, wow, okay, let's just give this a go. And they all, all of them, Apart from Andrew Baird, who was the first person that I hired, mm-hmm. and he was a referral from JC, everyone else was just taking a complete punt. They, they didn't know. Yeah. You know, me and Fern laugh about it all this time. She's like, this is a pyramid scheme. We had no website <laughs> at that time because we didn't go live. Yeah. We clicked we live didn't. on February no, 1st. So, so they didn't know, you know, and it was, how do I phrase this? Again, the beauty of the time was it was the middle of the pandemic. Lots of other places were not hiring. And and we were, I, I just, I, I count my lucky stars that they all believed in the vision. Yeah. And they continued to, to believe in that throughout the first six months when it was so, so, so tough. So, you know, it's completely different profile to what we, you know, look for now in the sense yeah. of people know who we are, what we're about. But back then it was like, does this person, can I work with this person? Do they seem like they believe me and trust me and is it someone that I want to go on this journey with and I'm probably they could they could say the same the OGs they're such good friends and they're so different it's a how do we mm. get this bunch of completely different profiles and people and backgrounds you know I couldn't be happier with 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 the team that we have the OG team so but yeah I will be honest it was who's crazy enough to <laughs> to to jump on board but obviously you know I wanted you know the the normal things that we look for but I was just trying to convince them to join. Um, I don't think some of them, I don't think I even asked them any questions. Um, <laughs> I just, just sold the dream. Um, I love that though. I love that. And I think that that has been a real learning for us as we've gr- gone on this journey as a business, how different academies, you do need different profiles depending on mm. where the brand is at that moment. And interestingly, that profile I think is the same not just uh, when a brand launches for the first time, but also when mm. it launches a new location. When we launch mm. a new office as well, you kind of need that profile again, rather than um, mm. just someone who uh, is uh, super keen on making money and, and all that sort mm. of thing. They do have to have a little bit of crazy in them <laughs> to be able to take the risk and uh, you know perceived risk, I would say, because we obviously do our homework. We know we do the market research and we look mm-hmm. For those viable markets for sure they in definitely terms... all have a bit of crazy in them yeah. that's for sure <laughs> have you met oliver more okay. <laughs> um, that's so good uh, and one of the things also with that i guess in terms of your original cohort those mm-hmm. those ogs as we say there's so many of them still here and they're now promoted up and now they're leading teams they're following in your footsteps as well not just mm. your career footsteps but also uh within the business here so just for some context for anyone listening to this, we started uh, we we started with that original cohort of 20 people. You seem to remember another podcast that you did where you said you overhired. So <laughs> might have been just over 20, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Just um, over, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and we are today looking at a global team of about 120. And we're across Amsterdam, Dallas, the UK, and we are soon New York. in New York Ooh. as well. Which Shout is out to incredibly Lauren Ellis. Very exciting. Very exciting journey she's, she's going to go on. Definitely. Couldn't be, couldn't be more excited for her. So yeah, it, it, it's grown really quickly. And I think, you know, specifically if I speak about the OGs, in, you know, in London, it's, I couldn't be prouder of what, what they've achieved. You know, mm. we have, you know, five of them in particular that, but one, Fern now is a senior manager. Yeah. Um, four others that are very, very close. Um, you know, the top biller of Levin last year, the current top mm. biller of Levin this year. You know, I remember last year we had the top, top biller in each academy across Levin, you know, with the likes of Haas from the September Academy. Yeah. So it's so sad. This is what I, I love being a manager because this is what, yeah. this is what makes me happy. And it's, it's, you know, even little things like the, you know, the promotion emails that we send, they just, oh, just bring such a massive smile to my face when, when I write them, because it's just like, wow, this is, it's like pinchery moments of, wow, like yeah. this is, this is so cool. Like, how cool for Fern to be promoted. The first senior manager from, from Storm 3 ever. Mm. Um, the first organic, the organic senior manager. And it's just like, wow, this is amazing for her to do that. And, you know, her family are so proud. And it's just like, wow, this is, this is what, yes, making placements and all that kind of stuff. But this is what it's all about it's at about. the end of the day. Sure. One of the things I just want to touch on is... Your team's journey is incredible. The growth mm. that you've had, the individuals that you've trained and you've led, amazing. Mm. But also from your side of things, you know, you joined as VP of Storm 3, UK team, launching that team, creating the whole business plan, everything. Created that success over the first year and now you're CEO globally for Storm 3. Mm. What does that look like now in terms of the changes to your day-to-day? How does that impact? My day-to-day has changed a lot, I think, in the last few months. I think whilst I sit in London, my role is, is global. And, you know, it, it's changed a lot from just running the London team and, and being involved in everything to now, you know, I am still, I guess, the, the figurehead in London, but... You know, what I've been really focused on creating in the last couple of years is succession planning so mm. that that team can can run itself and and, and ma- the managers can all step up to take much bigger roles where yeah. I, I don't need to be involved daily. And I, I, I love, you know, I, I love it. I love, you know, I, I travel a lot and I'm in the other offices. I spent a lot of time in, in America recently and I obviously love coming back to the London office and being with the team and jumping on whips and doing the kickoffs. <laughs> but that the plan the plan was always for, for yeah. me to be able to, to step away from that so we can focus on New York and the growth of New York, focus on Dallas, focus on the West Coast, which will hopefully be next. And allow me to really spend time with them and develop them. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. It's been, and this is like the crazy thing about Levin is probably every three months, your day-to-day just changes so rapidly. And then we go through a hiring drive and then it's like, right, now I'm, you know, this week I'm interviewing grads again. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. taps back into what you said at the start as well about how it feels like it's the 11 years thing, right? And I know this must happen in so many businesses that go through blitz scale and, and hyper growth in the mm-hmm. same way, but you just can't 
describe how time moves in this business. It feels like it was yesterday that I was interviewed, but it also feels like I haven't had a life outside of Levin <laughs> because it's just so, so much has been done in the time that yeah. we've been here. So it is, it is an incredible experience. You can't really describe it in the right mm. ways to people outside of this, but it is amazing to kind of look back sometimes and see all of those different milestones. I um, agree. And when I speak to my friends as well, I can't, JB says this quite a lot. They, you know, people ask how it's going and I don't even have the words anymore. Yes. I just like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's, is it, where do you begin, you know, yeah, to describe? Exactly. Um, and I think interestingly, I think that touches on to what you said about so many of the team being such good friends because of the fact that sometimes you can't, uh, it's not in any way a, a bad thing to, mm. you know, you have friends for different things, but the reason why so many people are so close is because you do share the highs and the lows, crazy roller coaster mm -hmm. of what this is with yeah, them sure. and they get it and they get it. You know, they're there on the day, day to day, seeing it all. I would love to ask with the fact that now, as I said, you have gone into C-suite role globally and it comes across anyone who knows you, Claire, knows what an incredible leader you are to your team. What do you think in terms of how you're now leading leadership team within storm three those business for a little while now and how they're leading what is it that makes a good leader in your opinion i think there's so many different dynamics which which make a great leader i think you have to be authentic and it's easier said than done i think i, I try mm. as much as i can to you know i am an authentic person probably honest to a to a fault at <laughs> times but i think it's really important i think when i was younger and a junior manager I think I often felt well now I've got this management title or I'm a leader I need to act in a certain way and I, I remember I dressed different and I acted different and and actually you can only ever be yourself and yeah. the more the more you are yourself and, and your authentic self every day at work that and that your, your team are the same and they're not afraid to not you know they're not afraid to just be themselves I think that's so so important so that definitely is is a journey that I've been on over the years. A, for me probably to know who I am mm. in myself and as a manager. But, you know, I think I've found the right, the right balance now. And I think secondly, I think there's so many points, but to summarise, I think secondly, I'm a firm, firm believer that you should always treat and manage people at the level above where they are at. So yeah. to give you context, the senior managers that I that I have coming through now, I don't want them to be acting at the level of a senior manager. It's right, what is the level of an associate director? What does an associate director do? And we need to be operating at the level of an AD now. Yeah. You know, yeah. always developing and upskilling at the level that above where they're at rather than waiting till they get there. Yeah, and I always, you know, that means that I delegate a lot. That means I put a lot on the team that they're maybe not ready for. But I, I remember the best thing that ever happened to me was, was JB moving to Singapore when I had 18 mm. months experience. And all of a sudden I was pushed so out of my comfort, comfort zone in a role that I was not ready for. Mm. And that's what made me develop. So, you know, this is why I purposefully make sure that yeah. I'm not always in the London office and that I'm stepping away and that I'm traveling or working from home because I know that that will that they will develop so yeah, yeah I think I'm, I'm a firm believer I've always managed in that way and there that's mm -hmm. probably the two strongest things I'd say 
I love that. I love that. What would you say over the last two years now has mm-hmm. been the biggest challenge of growing the business that you have or the lessons that you've learned along the way as well? Anything that you would have done mm. uh, differently if you were to go through it again? I think you touched on this point just now. The hardest thing for me is, is in the first probably 18 months, I did not switch off. I couldn't switch mm. off. I think I didn't have a life outside of work. I we worked you know yeah and and it's all part of the journey I wouldn't change it I wouldn't take it back but some of the OGs will tell you and even the September Academy that first year 18 months it generally was like 9 till 11 11 12 every night every day and it just that was really hard when you're so passionate about building something and you love your job so much and the people that you work with and recruitment it never never stops I think that was the hardest challenge of finding the balance I'm, I didn't find the balance it's such an interesting topic and I think we've spoken about this before in the past mm-hmm. but around when you have JB and GT and J-Rob hired a lot of people who work to a high capacity can handle a lot They've hired types of people who, right or wrongly, sometimes question whether burnout is a thing, right? I think this consciousness of we're so passionate and we're so, we want to be involved in it all, we want it and we're hungry for it all. It's for ourselves, I should say, with all of that, rather Mm. than it being on other people, absolutely. It's something that even when we reach capacity, sometimes Mm. we don't recognise it in ourselves. and those are what's been fantastic is the leadership team and I know you're like this with your team I know I've got that around it with with my team as well and my senior you know with Alex and everyone of calling it when they see it rather than Uh you know especially the problem is when you're at the top as well of Uh your team who looks after the leader is the who's going to ask you whether you're okay in that context because I know that I'm great with well I, I try to be great with my team and recognizing it through them making sure that they take breaks and making sure those uh you know annual leave days are taken as well but who's asking me about that who's asking you about that on a day say and what's what's really great is we have I know so with you and Kay starting at the same time your friendship has has bloomed and mm-hmm. having people to look out for you and your your sort of council and your um your circle around around you that are looking out for you in that in that way is so has been so important and I, I do love that about the business I can't imagine the first six months without Kay I don't know how either of us would have done it the mm. amount of wine that got drunk <laughs> in Baraka insane you know those little those little chairs outside yeah. <laughs> it but it it kept us sane I, I don't yeah. it'd be I, I don't know what if the business would be what it what it would have been um yeah. if it hadn't been for storm four launching the same day and probably the ogs would probably say the same like having the friendships with the storm four team at the beginning it's so hard for all of us to switch off and we're still learning you know we still don't do it as well as we should of course and i think it's just finding the balance but also like mm-hmm. recognizing the different stages of people's lives as well because obviously one of the things we are going to mention a little bit is obviously a really exciting time ahead for you 
and how that's going to impact you know and your life as well and finding what that now looks like what the new normal will look like for you um but we'll touch that in a second I think before we go on to that that um looking ahead to the next year I wanted to kind of pick up on a topic that you have been you are very vocal about and amazing for so many people in the business is just talking about that women in leadership women in business Mm -hmm. advocating for Mm -hmm. uh, females in recruitment as well I think is really really key here when we spoke last time when we touched on some of these topics that we're going to be talking about um I did have a little look and even at the moment right now Three of our top five billers this year are women across different brands in different locations as well. And that's incredibly empowering. Why is that important to you? I know for some of people listening might not know um, your, I think you've spoken about this before in terms of uh, climbing the ladder. And as you climb fewer and fewer sort of women being around you. What are you doing to impact the team and, and impact female diversity and, and yeah. power your team in that way? I think it's really important that you bring it up. And actually, I know that we spoke a little bit about, is it a topic that we talk about? And mm. in the sense of, I feel like I'm a bit of a broken record, but it's, it's so important because I think one thing that I I think we're, we still need to be better at at Levin is it's it's the norm, right? We have a bunch of senior females on the board and lots of senior managers and managers that there's so many females that just because it's the norm within Levin doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep talking about it and and keep, I think, highlighting to to everyone that this is not normal, that the structure Mm -hmm. that we have and the amount of females. But why is it so important to me? I think to be, to be frank, I've been in recruitment for 15 years now and certainly when I started there was lots of females around me starting at you know junior level but there was no no females at senior level at leadership not just within my previous company but within the industry as a whole and it just you know and I was with my you know my, my previous company for 11 years and when I left I was you know the most senior sales leader within the company but think something happened something happened to my brain when I was in my late 20s where it switched from being like pride of wow look how far I've come to hold on where's all the other females where where is everyone else and yeah I think it's it's so important I think there's still so much work to do not to say that there you know there's a lot of amazing recruitment firms in London that are run by men and men that really care about yeah about it but the reality is it's still quite a male-dominated industry and I think yeah. it's, or a lot of companies have a lot of senior females, but they're not in sales. They're not that's doing a sales role. And that's not the same thing. You can't say, well, our HR lead is a female. It's not the same yeah. as running a sales business. So, yeah, I think it's something that I'm so passionate about because I don't want anyone to ever go through the journey that I went through. It was it was so hard, mm. so hard. And it was you know, my confidence was destroyed at times, you know, and I so nearly left the industry because of it, you know, it was, thank God for JB really helping me get my confidence back to, to come back into the industry. Cause for a while I just thought, you know what, if I'm not a man, I'm never going to get to where I want to be or I need to settle at always being a director, you know, I'll never be. And so I know. So yeah, it's so important because I think it's, especially within Levin, I think it's easy to, how do I say this? A lot of other companies that don't have many females do so much on diversity and so many events Mm -hmm. and it's all a facade. 
and because it's the norm here, sometimes I think I don't talk about it enough. We take it for um, granted. I don't take it for granted. And it's a fine line, I think, between also like scaremongering some of our newer recruits by saying, by telling them that it's really good here because of that. Like there's a mm-hmm. there's a weird fine line where because of we're conscious of that, we don't talk about it. And hopefully, you know, we've launched Parity. Parity is our um Yes, it's amazing. Focused on gender diversity and focused on gender uh-huh. equity. And this year is going to be a really big year for some objectives that we're going to be taking to board level and things like uh-huh. that. It's, again, putting actionable points in place rather than it just being a bit of a gimmick, um, which that's not to say that there are those in other businesses, but we don't want it to be that in, in this business. So um, wow. it's spotlighting the fact that our top biller right now is a Storm 3 uh, woman, just making sure that everyone has the the support all the way through their careers, not just what we automatically have, which is we hire 50% women and 50% men at entry yes. level. Um, we yes. stick to that, but make sure that as they move through the ranks and as they get promoted, we're not losing sort of, you know, a heavily percentage-wise, attrition-wise from one gender. I think we will, you know, I think we're doing an amazing job on it and I'm excited. Well, talking about excitement and the year oh. ahead. <laughs> First of all, congratulations again. We've got a really, you've got a really, I say we, because Storm 3 and Levin are becoming aunties and uncles. There are so many. Yeah, it's so exciting. And it's very real now. I guess you can't really see how big I am from a podcast, (laughs) but I had quite a few comments in the last week about, well, I guess I'm coming up to seven months now, right? So, Yeah. yeah, it's such an exciting chapter. It's been. You know, I think, be honest, you know, you you know the story. It's been a struggle. It's been a really tough couple of years. You know, fertility is not, um, it's not straightforward. And yeah. it's been, it's been hard. It's been hard going through that journey. Well, firstly, with a boyfriend yeah. that lives in a different country, logistically, <laughs> it can be tough, but... Operationally. <laughs> yeah, but it's been, you know, you know, I've spoken about it quite a few times, you know, especially after a glass of wine that, Going through that, often in silence and trying to, yeah. you know, trying to conceive at the same time as building a business, it's, yeah. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really exciting that like it's it's happening and it's right around the corner and yeah, just it's yeah. so good. I have a couple of questions and I'm I love how open and honest you always are with these questions and how you welcome these kind of questions. And I think mm-hmm. this is going to be there's a there's a pocket of people within Levin who are maybe a little bit older than obviously our graduate intake who are potentially going through their own fertility journeys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think first of all, I would love just for you to just kind of touch upon what your experience has been like as a female leader in Levin particularly and the support or the not support equally. Um, mm-hmm. what, what kind of your your journey has been like with the business because so many it's a trope right so many mm-hmm. women who are career focused either don't want to have children too early until they've reached a certain level because it gives them the stability to come back some mm-hmm. people are nervous about that in terms of what that means for their career what's been your experience here so i mean 
in brutal honesty, the, the journey started just as I started. So yeah. I had a miscarriage two weeks before I joined. So oh, I remember I was joining Storm 3 pregnant yeah. and nobody knew. And this, you know, and it, it's crazy because I remember take, going back to that that stage and I remember just being so scared to tell yeah. JB because obviously I was a wreck. You would be, yeah, right? Thanks. And I think... I'm now so open in talking about it because I'm like, it's why do people not talk about these things? And I, I, I just remember that's kind of how it all started. But I remember telling JB and then it allowed me to be able to tell him, by the way, I want like, I yeah. want to have kids. And I, I remember speaking to, I was on a call with Vix and Angela. And I remember we were working from home. We were on a team's call and I was like, how do I how do I tell JB? I told them everything that, that had happened and they yeah. shared their experiences, but I remember them asking them, like, how do I tell JB that I want to have kids one mm. day? And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, and I was like, well, you know, it's just not really the done thing in recruitment because yeah. I just, all I'd ever seen in recruitment is that if a woman got pregnant in a sales role, that they wouldn't come back to their job. Someone would take over their job, often a male, or they'd come back in like an operational role. I just, for me, it sounds insane. Now I articulate this, but it was always, it yeah. just wasn't, you, you had to I, make a choice. You had to choose between your career sounds, or having a child. Yeah. I don't think it sounds so insane for our generation to be talking like that, because what I think is so incredible is that this should sound crazy to those who are coming into the business now. This should sound like, mm. I can't believe this is, that used to happen. And especially in a business like ours, being able to talk so openly and honestly, and thank you so much for being so open there. Um, that is, the fact that this is normalized is incredible. And yeah. I'm hoping one day it won't seem incredible. <laughs> it should be the norm. Yeah. But what I say is I think the business has been so supportive. It's just been a dream, I think. Being really open with all the leaders that I was wanted to have, yeah. to have a child. And there's so many, you know, so many of the people on the board have kids. Shout yeah. out to Hamish. She's just had another little baby, right? But yeah. I think it's just not even a topic of conversation. And, and V, obviously, who leads Storm 3 in Amsterdam, she's such an inspiration to me. I remember we hired her. Again, she was pregnant when we hired her, and she was so scared to tell us and thought that we would rescind the offer. And we're like, no, this is amazing. This is brilliant. Great. And she was just flabbergasted and think it's just about setting the tone that it's normal. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. fine. And, and, you know... It's... And it links back to this hiring for potential piece. Like it's not, this is not a sprint. Yes, we have quick, we want targets and we want, we have big targets over the next few months, over the next few, you know, uh, quarters and as well. But this is a long-term business growth. Being pregnant is not your life. In, even with people who are taking it off, even if people do choose not to come back to work as well, the skills that you're being hired for do not, change because of that if anything they mm. grow jesus there's going to be so much that uh, you're gonna learn about yourself over the next year i'm sure like, yeah i can imagine multitasking yeah. i'm sure i'm sure i'm gonna be brilliant at uh, sleeping when you need to sleep <laughs> oh i know well thankfully i had enough 
enough nights out in my early 20s in recruitment <laughs> to uh, prepare me for the lack of sleep. Amazing. What would you say in terms of bringing it back to Storm 3 here? What mm. do you want to come back to after your maternity leave? What do you want the business to look like at that point? Just a bunch of promotions. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm so confident that the team are... Whether or not they know it or not, or believe me or not, they are ready and they're perfectly capable for me to disappear for for, for a little while. Yeah. I, I really do believe in them that much. They've come such a long way, especially, you know, the team in London. And they are, you know, we've got Kanal and Perrin who are just outstanding. You know, they're, they're absolutely amazing. And then so many brilliant managers coming through that I know probably it might feel for them a little bit scary just like you know when JB went to Singapore yeah. I was so worried but I think it's going to be the best thing for them me not being there for them to come into their own and realize mm. they do know what they're doing and ideally I want to come back to a bunch of promotions at every level and then lots of exciting conversations as soon as I get back about Definitely. relocations and setting up different offices that's yeah. the goal so I'm super excited couldn't be more confident in, in the team Love that. We are always asking this question mm -hmm. on wrap-ups, on uh, kickoffs, on all of these. What's your why, Claire? I have two whys. The first, like, pr my professional why, I, I guess, is I really want to see what, like, my what, what my limit is mm. in terms of potential. I think I want to just keep learning every day and being and be challenged. I. I want to get to the point, hopefully in a few years, when I feel like, right, like I can't, I can't do any more. I just want to see. I just want to see how far I can push myself. So I think that's quite a big why. And, yeah, a big second why is I, I love recruitment, as you can tell. I just love it. I think it's such an amazing industry. You think you get to, speaking from, from personal experience, I've lived in, you know, I've lived all over in different countries and set up different offices. And the opportunity that recruitment can give you, the freedom is insane. I come from a pretty humble background and to be able to pay for my family to do things and support them and give to charity and not even think twice. And yeah. it's so great. And, and what I big why for me is I just want the team and, you know, the people within Storm 3 to, to experience all of that themselves and hopefully have as much of a, an adventure that, that I've been fortunate to have mm. in my 15 years. So that's a huge why. I just can't wait in five, 10 years to like be sat having a drink with some of the people in the team in London and be like, oh my God. You know, we won't even be all Remember in London. That they'll all be in yeah. different, you know, they'll all be in different locations, running different teams. It'll be like, wow, do you remember <laughs> that first couple of years? Yeah, like Embarrass them by talking about those, inter those first interviews that you still have fresh in your mind. <laughs> I've got screenshots of so many things as well. I've saved everything. I've got so many screenshots of different things. So yeah, yeah. that's a huge why. Like just, what's it that, that we always say? The journey, the journey is the reward. Exciting. And last question, we mm -hmm. are asking this to finish off and to close every one of these conversations. Right. What's your favourite question to ask in an interview? Oh, this is a good one. Um, I like to ask, if recruitment didn't exist, what would you do? What, what, what career would you do instead? 
I think I feel like sometimes in interviews people people think they need to just say that they've always wanted to do recruitment and recruitment and it's a lie none of us knew what recruitment was until a JD job description was put in front of us and we thought we'll give this a go so so it really allows me to just and and it just allows me to really understand more about that person without and they can take off the facade of recruitment's everything I've always ever wanted in life and whether it's being a doctor whether it's being a teacher like it's just cool to kind of hear what that answer is um so I do like to to answer that one actually can I ask you that Chelsea if recruitment didn't exist what would you be doing oh that is I wasn't expecting to be interviewed I'm supposed to be the interviewer Claire (laughs) (laughs) sorry um I would I mean Marketing, right? I love the idea of having like no marketing. That's um, a cheat answer. No, no, no. I know. I'm not going to say. I'm not saying marketing. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I um would love the idea of doing some sort of like travel hotel tester, something Ooh. that would allow me to travel, maybe write up reviews, so have a bit of an opinion on something, and go and just be in the far flung corners of the world. And uh, it's basically just what my Instagram feed is full of, and my Pinterest. <laughs> boards are full of uh but yeah something like that i don't know if you could be a, a hotel tester but a mystery hotel can. goer that sounds like an amazing job but that would be pretty cool right <laughs> you can come with me that's the best yeah, thing please you can, you can just invite people along as you go uh, <laughs> amazing claire thank you so much for being so open and honest but also just sharing your story thank again you. i know we speak regularly and we we've had these conversations but it's so nice hearing how that's changed over the last couple of years and Mm -hmm. uh, just again reflecting on some of those milestones 